by the Christians it is written that in the black Mercian age there existed an addiction to blood, 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 blood. Drink it up. 50 years bout enough. Time to come back. Blood, blood. They wanna call the bluff. Okay then. Time to come back. What up? King Huey, do it for fluid, you knew it was moving forever. Loop it, the truth is the movement was really too clever. Who is the newest to do it? Hold on to your hats and strap yourself into the cargo hold for another episode of Pod Like a Hole. Uh, presents Running the Gamut. Uh, our favorite bands, artists, albums, things. Uh, we're going to talk about all of them in random order by rolling the diamond dice. Um, tonight, uh, we have landed on Eric's recommendation or nomination of Clipping, uh, Splendor, and Mi- uh, The Misery, an album from 2016 from the hip-hop group Clipping. And uh, uh, very excited to be talking about it and very excited to introduce you to my other two co-hosts. Uh, this is Mark speaking. I'm ready to toss it over to Steven. Steven, are you out there? I'm here. I was uh, I was just reflecting right now how when I first heard that we were doing an album called Clipping, uh, Splendor and Misery. Is that what it is called? Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that combination of wordplay made me convinced that I was getting ready to have to uh, dive into Dark Wave for Eric, um, which we will have to, I'm sure, later. But uh, that's exactly what this album sounded like to me. It's not that at all. You know, that was my assumption, too, uh, when uh, we got the, the list from everyone, and I was like, clipping, huh, I wonder what that's about. And then looking at the album title, I had that same thought, like, some under-the-freeway overpass, you know, gas masks and too many zippers shit, I, but yeah, not that I mean, at all. They are, they are connected to that scene, and we'll go into that. Yes, but, uh, that's yes. not what that's, that's not what they are. Yeah, I mean, guys, I I know uh, you're only gonna tolerate. So I knew that. You know, so many uh, items on this list that uh, that are uh, you know gonna be. I saw wearing surgical gloves and and da- <laughs> dancing behind a laundromat. Um, it's yeah. I I I I, I left my um, you know industrial down to you know two or three items this season. But um, this is tangentially related, no doubt. This is Eric, by the way. Hi, Eric. Uh, yes, Eric is the chef of always wanting to make a soup where it uh, has elements of hip hop and elements of industrial. So this seems to be uh, exactly what is coming out of the kitchen. So mm. hold tight. Yeah, yeah Eric, well. over to you. Say hello to your people. That's right. Hello. And uh, yeah, before we before we get into it, um, and yeah, this is a this is a weird one. And I taking I knew I was taking a little bit of a chance putting this on the list. So I, I look forward to talking about it. But I think before we do that, there is some nine inch news. Of course, this is coming out a month later, but they won uh, another Oscar uh, for their soul soundtrack. Once again, uh, Mank getting the flank. That's fine. Uh, Soul's great. Their work on Soul's have, great. Have we have we talked about Mank? Have have we all watched it? And what was our what was our like um, what was our takeaways from that movie? What'd you mm. think, Eric? I, I liked it a lot. It's uh, it's inside baseball, but uh, because that baseball happens to be Citizen Kane, 
I found it, I found it riveting. Um, I think Gary Oldman's performance is absolutely over the top, like <laughs> fucking falling out of the car, you know, hammered drunk, but in a, in an entertaining way. And the music the drunk was... from Andy Griffith. Exactly. Saying yeah. that that's what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I liked it and I liked the score too. I mean, it was, it was them, you know, they had hired guns, but they were doing this, like this release period specific jazz thing. And the, and the thing about Mank is the score never stops. It drives that movie. It, it just pounds through the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little surprised that it did that 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 souls been taking them all, but you know the the soul. It's it, they're definitely in their wheelhouse of, uh, you know, ghosts five, the together album, like really dreamy, uh, spacey yeah. and stuff, and it's good. It's it's fantastic. So and good for John Baptista winning with them, and they kind of, you know, stood back and let him take the uh, take the award. There. Yeah, that was good. That I was like good. that. Uh, I like that John Baptiste. Some of the music I've heard of his, I like it. Um. As far as Mank goes, I mean, I'm a well-documented Orson Welles fan. You, if you listen to the last episode, you'll even know that. And uh, I actually think sometimes I like the story of Orson. I mean, oh, no, I, I, Orson Welles' movies, all very good. But even more than his movies, I actually like the story of Orson Welles and the persona uh, even a bit more. Yeah. Uh, I'm a David Fincher guy. I'm a Nine Chanels guy. Shamefully, I have not watched Mank. And it's only because there's only so many hours in a day for Netflix. And well, The Witcher wasn't going to watch itself. So uh, I'll get around to it, but I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's beautifully shot. I do like insider Hollywood movies um, and uh, content. One thing that I was kind of jarring, and I actually had to make sure like my sound speakers weren't fucked up, um, but the audio on the dialogue make it sound like it was done in the 1930s. Um, so the audio sounds like kind of far away and not very clean um, that you would see in those old timey movies. And um, that was kind of jarring for me a little yeah, bit. They probably recorded it to tape and had to, you know, sync it up later or, or at least uh, emulated that. Because I had to even look on IMDb in the trivia section to just to make sure, like, is this what they were going for? And sure enough, that's what they were going for. Um, but I actually thought my sound bar was broken. <laughs> there you gotcha. go. Got Mark. Gotcha. You got, you got finched. I... <laughs> Where's the camera? Right over there. Oh, you got, me. you got me. Yeah, that's that's Netflix has been secretly recording everybody trying to watch Mank to, to, to pull a, a gotcha. Yeah. The, the, your your scene will be coming out on the on the on the uh, super cut <laughs> on the bloopers yeah yeah on the uh oh boy but yeah okay so um eric what else is in the newswire anything else that, i mean that's it after after the award show uh they did interview all three of them and trenton and atticus spoke a bit and they basically said they were starting on new nine inch nails music immediately I feel like so, they've been saying that for a while yeah that's true well, i think he literally said tomorrow but that'll be that would be fun they had a whole fucking pandemic off to make an album. I'm... Well, they did. They released two things. Oh, wait, that's it. That's true. <laughs> Actually, and they did it early in the pandemic before everybody else started putting stuff out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They were ahead of the curve of, uh, well, this thing isn't going anywhere. Uh, well, I think releases. they're just out their hard drives and they're like, hey, we should do something fun for the fans. Well, that's what the album sounded like. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Remember that one time? Remember that one time, Atticus, you just kind of laid on the keyboard for an hour and didn't realize it because your headphones were unplugged 
like some let's nerd doing out. a podcast. Let's put that out. Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, things getting put out, um, I'm sure that uh, throughout this uh, time between the Doors episode and the clipping episode, I'm sure that we haven't just been absorbing uh, clipping. Um, I'm sure that all three of us have been looking at things, listening to other things, maybe even reading other things. So in a brand new segment uh, titled The Recommender or... (laughs) Fuck, it'll probably that title will change. We're, it's a uh, we're we're still workshopping the title. Yeah. What's what's up, Potty Cat? No, what's not. up, Potty Cat? Exactly. <laughs> um, so, Stephen, yeah. what are you currently putting in your system, in your eye holes, and your ear holes? Oh, many things. Uh, current events. I'd like to stop start off by not suggesting a thing I've been doing, but I just want everybody to know that uh, today was my dog's birthday. He's 14 years old. I adopted Murdoch 11 years ago today, and he's been by my side ever since. I don't think this is really the segment for that, but I just wanted to say that out loud. So uh, he'll appreciate it when he listens back to this. Yes. I mean, you guys are familiar with Murdoch. You've Mark's at least babysat him once. Uh, Murdoch's probably been bit by him twice or uh, Eric. I mean, rather Um, anyhow, I'm sure to couch a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Just angry, just disgruntled animal, but very loyal. Uh, Takes after me. But as far as uh, what have I been absorbing lately? Uh, Let's see. What came out recently that I really liked was the band Gojira released their new album this weekend. And they're a very consistent band. Somewhere in, uh, if you were to throw, I don't know, Meshuga Neurosis, Mastodon, and the French into a soup, you'd get Gojira. And their new album is uh, very varied, it's heavy, but it's got some parts in there that are very uh, easy on the ears. Parts that are almost Radiohead-like rhythms, and by, by that I mean like, take a take a Kid A electronic beat, and imagine a, a metal band doing that with their instruments. Uh, that's the kind of like precise r- rhythmic action they somehow get sometimes. They got some some Amazonian tribal stuff in there, including a song called a- Amazonia. And actually, the uh, the, the one-two punch of the last track, uh, the, the second to last track is called The Trial. And the last track is called Grind. And those two tracks together have a whole journey behind them that I, I found very impressive. It, it, it got the it got the the good old this album just came out and I listened to it seven times in three days. That's how good it was. So Gojira's new Gojira's new record. Uh, it's called Fortitude. And uh, um, they're they're very um they some people would probably classify them as social justice warriors if you will lyrically they're very into uh, talking about how the planet's going to be dead soon all the time and we got to do something about it um pretty pretty interesting dudes they're good nice does their version of the trial also have a judge saying yeah Yeah, shit on him yeah but it's in (laughs) french so i uh Ah. so (laughs) it's with a cigarette and a baguette, got it. Exactly. So that's um, my that's my big recommend. If uh, that's the new stuff, and if you wanted to talk about the old stuff, 
I've been going through a neurosis thing lately. I don't know nice. if it's the I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's because you mentioned them recently in a text thread. Um, I I don't know if it's because recently I listened to an interview with Steve Till talking about his solo work, but I definitely caught the neurosis bug again, which isn't hard for me to catch. And I listened to Souls at Zero all the way through recently, and uh, Something Never Sets today. Classic albums. Definitely on the opposite ends of their uh, catalog. Absolutely. Eric, how about you? What's uh, What's been taking up your time? What's been living in your head rent-free? Sure. Um, as far as new stuff goes, um, I think I sent you guys a little recommendation. I think maybe Steve checked it out, but The Armed... came out recently um i didn't know about this band i just read an actually pretty decent review on on pitchfork about it and tried it and um just being kind of coming from like the hardcore world but adding um you know just kind of like uh synth synth to to what they're doing very unconventional songwriting style i was very interesting it's taken me a few run-throughs to 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 digest it and i appreciate something a little different every time i listen to it it's like really abrasive it's not pop music, but in some kind of uh, like Hellraiser alien world, it would be pop music. It's, it's hard to explain. Right. right. Yeah. And to, and, and, just, and to connect it to other things, it is uh, one of the hidden members of it because they're not all well-known. Is, uh, isn't it uh, Kurt Ballou from Converge? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he produced the album and uh, may or may not be playing all over it. They're very, they're very uh, uh, mums the word about who does what on the album he's a, he's a great producer and engineer and uh steve on till from neurosis guest starred on a converge albums so there you go it's all connected man yeah and mark lanigan's on this album so it's all double it's connection all yeah uh and then as far and then one artist that i have been going through and doing a full run through on is a kind of uh weirdo kind of, no. yeah <laughs> that that day is coming uh, uh this she's a pop like kind of she's kind of like an electro pop singer um more poppy than maybe i usually listen to but she's pretty earnest and for the genre she doesn't like it's not like a ridiculous like dress like harley quinn at a at a strip club which in like the industrial pop scene that seems to be a thing um uh kenga All of her albums so far have been fantastic. Her newest one from last year is You and I Will Never Die. Um, but I've liked everything I've listened to so far. Uh, definitely in from the Trent Reznor songbook, like a lot of her song structure and stuff resembles uh, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, noisy, catchy, poppy. Good stuff. How do you spell Kanga? K-A-N-G-A. I seem uh, that would be a perfect um, person to fight Gojira. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, well, well, actually, Mark Gojira is just uh, Japanese for Godzilla. I, <laughs> I, I'd imagine he would just step on Kanga, but uh, sure, nice joke. Yeah, 
<laughs> what about you, Mark? <laughs> what about you? And, and I, could, we could maybe name this this segment, uh, you know, brother, can you spare a wreck? You know, like a recommendation. Oh, I know we're workshopping it, folks. Uh, give us your best, uh, your best title. Um, honestly, I've been trying to uh, look for something to run through. Um, I've somehow stumbled upon um, them in my record collection uh the record that i used to give a lot of spins was rabbit habits i think that one came out in 2011 for whatever reason they're scratching mm-hmm. a niche right now um yeah i don't know what that is uh, i know that tom waits is just sitting right over there and black heart precision sitting right over there instead i was like hey you guys should like you know do a band together um some other stuff uh, it's all genre bounding uh, all over the place and um, Man Man has been around for a while. Uh, the lead singer is Honus Honus, and he's also got another project with uh, Joe Plummer from Blackheart Procession, um, uh, playing drums, and he's also from Modest Mouse. Uh, that one's called Mr. Heavenly. I haven't listened to that one in depth yet, but Man Man, uh, for whatever reason, right after I went through a Tom Waits brief uh uh, thing I was like I'm in the more uh, I'm still in the mood for someone banging on a keyboard and uh, I'm singing through gravel and so it's kind of doing it for me yeah they're great I haven't listened to anything recently but I de- they were one of the last shows I saw before we moved away to to Washington State over at the Blue Lamp I've heard their their live shows are quite energetic oh yeah it was uh, kin- kinetic yeah it was fun you know, it seemed, I think they came around to time, and I think uh, like Gogol Bordello and that band seemed so annoying. Um, but I think that Man Man throws a little of uh, hot jazz in there along with um, some carnival type music. I'm really selling it really well. I know it's all it's all gypsy music. You're absolutely right about that. But uh, Man Man's uh, Man Man's it makes catchy little rock songs. So. Man 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 yeah. has the, the the gypsy aspect is just one part of their 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 prism. Same point. I saw them at, I'm pretty sure I saw them at the Great American Music Hall once. That was a good show. Which uh, one, Man Man? Yes. Or, yeah. No, I was really into we're, them. We're not the, talking any. We're leaving Gogol Bordello out, out of this no, conversation. No, I've never, oh, yeah. never bothered. Never bothered. I can grow my own mustache. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I was very much into Man Man in the early aughts, early to mid aughts, the mid aughts more. That yeah. album, the album that I always really dug was a Six Demon Bag. No. Um, but yeah, nothing current. So I, I'm not uh, with the musics of today. I'm listening to stuff that's 10 years old and uh, that's really on brand for me. I, I am old man yells at cloud over here. And so when we're talking about tonight's record, uh, you may see me old man yell at cloud, but that's just me. <laughs> I was not aware that Six Demon Bag was named after a line from Big Trouble in Little China. Another great movie. Yeah. Um, a movie I've seen probably twice and gave me nightmares at least one of those times. So good. So good. Well, let's keep this pork pork chop express moving forward. Listeners, Jack please, Burton likes please, to say. Please, listeners, uh, give us give us a recommendation for our recommendation segment. A name. Give us a name. <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, right. We uh, spent all of our creative in the writer's room giggling about um, uh, making up a food parody of uh, white zombies more human than human. Eric kicked it off calling it more cumin than cumin. And um, we were cooking, folks. But tonight, <laughs> well's dry. Yeah, well's uh, dry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, there'll be a Patreon level where we release the transcripts from some of our best <laughs> text messages. Yeah. Well, it's been it's been hotter outside. It's a you know it's a Sunday night. I, I, sometimes I'm surprised how with it we are, considering we usually record on Sunday nights. So right. That's we right. We can't always we can't we we can't always <laughs> carry everyone's load. They got to help out sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, shall we get into our artist of the night? I think we shall. So, Eric, take mm-hmm. her away. All right. Well, thank you. Yes, we're talking about clipping and just usually at this part in the show, we all talk about our experience with this artist. Um, and this is kind of a random, a random, a newer artist for me and not a very well-known artist. And I know you guys had already told me you hadn't hadn't heard of them. And I only more recently did. Um, I had been uh, doing a it was it was probably it might have been when we recorded the fragile right around after that i was just in this kind of i was looking for themes everywhere i mean you heard that season i i well you were like yeah you, yeah you were looking for themes and after the fragile you're looking for something to cure a hangover that's true that, correctly. That, that too but no 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 fully fully uh fully recovered from that but more just in like in like you know concept album theme zone looking for connecting charlie day connecting yarn to a poster and um and then i'd read a an article that 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 whole like pitchfork 100 best uh, industrial albums of all time or 50 best or whatever and this was on there around 30 i hadn't heard i had heard of them they remixed a youth code song who i'm a fan of and i noticed there was rapping on it and i was like oh that's interesting i wonder what their deal is and then i read and then it just i read about it in this article and i was like okay so it's this album is a concept album check it's you know from and uh, industrial musicians are doing the music check and you know it's also a hip-hop group okay that's triple checks uh because i would say probably hip-hop's probably my second most listened to genre you know beyond uh beyond industrial so i i i was primed to enjoy it and i was really floored by this album uh, the first time i listened to it and then i've spent you know the last couple years digging into their back catalog but i know you guys um weren't familiar with them so instead since this is our illustrious first hip-hop album we've talked about you know unless you're going to count, we're going to count that Saul Williams one, um, which, you know, deserves a place in there as well. Um, I th- thought maybe we talk a little bit about our history with that genre. So uh, I'll kick it off to Steve. Yes, it's fitting that we're talking about our history with this genre when the bulk of my history with the genre was uh, would it be called? What would we call it, Eric? Alternative hip hop, underground hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Underground yeah. hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Indie hip hop, all that, that kind of Def Jux. Yeah, I stuff, mean, living legend stuff. Yeah, yeah. I liked uh, as a kid, uh, late '90s, early no, the late late '80s, early '90s. I liked whatever I would hear on the radio, which was considered air quotes rap music at that time. But uh, and also uh, digging through my uncle's uh, tape collection where I was introduced before I should have been to the uh, two shorts and the two live crews of the world. And um, that was my introduction to hip hop and rap music, but it was, it, I didn't really, 
I'll never forget seeing a late night video of Pop the Coochie Baby. Oh, and I had to ask my mom what a coochie was because my friend didn't know. I mean, the, the the 90s were a great time for like uh, I when you go back and you look at I mean, I was a child of uh, MTV as much as one could be one. And so I would see videos for artists that I necessarily wouldn't go out and like buy the albums myself. But I mean, by osmosis, but in our age group and being in MTV, of course, I was familiar with the popular Tupac songs or Snoop Dogg songs of the time and uh, the amazing videos that were all uh, the pool parties or the ones that took place in Los Angeles that had uh, a permanent uh, falling down style haze to the sunset. But when I really started buying the records for myself, it would have been probably, well, gentlemen, are we going to consider ICP hip hop? <laughs> I don't know. They're going to come up tonight, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I'll allow it. All right. Well, in high school, I got an insane composite. Mark tried to stop me. Didn't do a good job of it. I just barreled forward, uh, making bad decisions. But if we're going to go past that, um, when we worked at the record store, friend of the show, Jason Torres, got me into, I, I think this is how history goes. Because um, for a long time, I thought Eric got me into this guy, but no, apparently it was Jason Torres. Uh, LP. From uh, Def Jux Records and... Uh, his album Fantastic Damage that album had such a profound effect on me it's one of my top uh, let's say 20 favorite albums of all time I brought it up on the show at least two to three times before the production the uh, style of rhyming or lack thereof at times just was so different than to what I considered could be hip hop and I didn't know you could do it that way for lack of a better term it was a it was a gateway to so many other artists did did things differently like that. Uh, the Living Legends from the West Coast really got into them, and they were a collective that had a bunch of solo artists as well. And their group was called Living Legends. They were more traditional, but they were still definitely underground. And they were the kind of guys that like would literally sell CDs on the street out of their backpack, but they were actually successful at doing it. And uh, became a big fan of all of them. Um, the Anticon crew, which I kind of feel like I grew out of because eventually I felt that it just, I didn't have enough time in the day for, I don't know. Eric, what do you think? Just, uh, uh, the, I don't know how about to describe. Anti Anticon was interesting because they actually got some really good producers and beat makers, but for the most part, um, the not the most dynamic lyricists you know like uh maybe a lot of it was also like spoken word poetry yeah, as opposed spoken, to rapping uh, yeah yeah a lot of the spoken word stuff and also like you, you sometimes you can wear your heart in your sleeve a little too much um uh so I, I don't I'm know, a, we're looking at you slug oh Atmos yeah but yeah no i mean atmosphere but yeah. the funny <laughs> thing about slug is an atmosphere is that atmosphere slug who is also tangentially related actually but Slug and Merce were both on Living Legends albums. Merce was an actual living legend. And Merce actually also released an album on Def Jux, LP's label. And I think Slug was one of the Weathermen, or did I make that up? Well, no, they had their, um, they had their, what was their, they had a great duo. 
any everything on Def Jux I would have bought. Def Jux was just like nothing records, but for rap music to me. If they if it was on Def Jux, I would buy it. And that was a whole genre of music unto itself that I loved for years. Uh, the legacy of that label, I follow most of those artists to this day. I still will check out anything that Aesop Rock puts out. I will still check out anything when Mr. Lift puts out, if he ever puts anything out. He's not as prolific as he used to be. LP, uh, I hang on his every goddamn word. Uh, I follow his Twitter a lot. Uh, Run the Jewels is great. Uh, he's Anytime he pops up, I'm there to, to hear what he's got to say. And he's such, such a great producer. And he definitely influenced this album that we're listening to tonight, hands down. Um, yeah, so underground hip-hop begins and ends with LP for me. And I was really into it uh, uh, about 20 years ago. But I still check out some of the artists to this day that I liked a lot back then. I am not current with anything. This is probably some of the newest new stuff I've listened to that you recommended. And uh, as far as conventional hip hop goes, I like pretty much the majority of it, but it's not my chosen genre. But uh, I'm never, I'm usually never disappointed when I hear a good song. Nice. Thanks, Steve. What about you, Mark? My history of hip hop uh, begins and ends with another bad creation schooling at the playground. you're like okay i've yeah i've heard the pinnacle there is no (laughs) there's no there's no yeah everything is also gonna sound like dog shit compared to this i got you no but uh in all seriousness that was my very first cd um that i uh ever purchased was 10 years old um and um then i really found that i liked uh rock music a little bit better but not to say that i i mean you know, I've been exposed to hip hop and rap throughout the years. Uh, most of it is, you know, you're considered more of your mainstream acts, your uh, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. Um, and I never really uh, minded rap and hip hop. Like I love um, the beats, like Jurassic 5 was fun. Um, and it was really more about when I got the job at the record store. It was when I got more exposed to um rap and hip-hop that i actually enjoyed i didn't go down the the pathway that steve did and you did with the independent stuff um it was fine it just didn't really hold my interest uh i i do enjoy some of lp's solo uh works and his run the jewels project with killer mike is phenomenal i love it we're going to be talking about one of those uh the last record that they did together sometime this season so i'm looking forward to that discussion uh but saul williams uh you know as it was related to um trent reznor i did pick up his second record uh the self-titled one and that absolutely blew my doors right off the uh the car that 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 song is or that album is great um and just in terms of hip-hop like i don't really have like an artist that's like like, oh, that's my guy. I really, really like what Kendrick Lamar is doing. Um, I think his records are phenomenal. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Like, I, I'm, I I weave in and out of that genre. I'm like, I've heard this is good. I'll listen to it. And then I'll just 
absorb it, and then I move on. But I don't necessarily have any. I don't have any guys or have any gals in that genre. Like, no, I, I, point I, is, it is. I mean, I used to actually really like Kanye West. I actually thought, and you know, your Jay Zs and things like that. But then it just, uh, you know, Kanye became Kanye that we all know him today, and it's really hard to listen to any of his back catalog. And Jay Z stuff just kind of got like lazy. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Well, I appreciate you always having an open mind, Mark. Um, yeah. Eric, but Eric, I have a couple more things yeah. I just thought of. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I, I got to bring them up though. Uh, current events. Rest in peace, DMX. Uh, I think it was his image more than anything. I really got into DMX for a little bit to the point where I saw him in the year 2000. Gonna give it to you. Fuck, wait for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door to spread. With the non stop pop out and stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart. With uh, the Hot Boys opening. And that reminds me that then later I went through a big Little Wayne phase for some reason, which I don't know if that was my wife's doing or what. But I do find that in the, in the, in the O's from 1999 to maybe 2010 or something that I listened to a lot more rap and hip hop. And I think a lot of it had to do with how that was a more social time of my life. And it just seemed like I would have friends like you, Eric, or my buddy, Josh, um, who introduced me to a lot of good shit. And even like Josh was really good at pointing out the good mainstream stuff that was worth my time. And it just seemed like uh, at a more social time in my life, I definitely listened to it a lot more. So interesting connection there. I think that's a good point that's a good point i definitely don't I, listen, listen to the genre as much as maybe i did i think you're you're right i mean nothing like throwing on some boom bap while you're getting ready to go out on the town um, yeah and then you're like what's it. this yeah. and then they, they tell you all about it and you, you dig into their stuff and actually second point of order is i'd be remiss if i didn't bring up that you got me into the wu-tang clan of course i'd known about them since i was a teenager mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you made me a fan of them when we were younger and uh, that, that love never went away and uh, yeah, Ghostface is my guy out of the, yeah, out of the, yeah. out of them. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's that's, and I've kind of talked about this before. Um, kind of when I a few years when I stopped paying as much attention to Nine Inch Nails was uh, kind of my next as a teenager. My next phase was going headlong into hip hop, and I did start with 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 Wu Tang. I had just read too many good things about him and heard too many good things. I was like, why don't I give him a spin? And coming straight from being, you know, really into electronic and industrial music, I'm not going to say there's anything like that in Wu-Tang, but it is noisy, gritty beats, um, you know, heavily heavy use of movie samples, stuff like that. Like there was a line there that that spoke to me. And then just excellent lyricists. And the cool thing about Wu-Tang is you follow them through their career and all the individual people have good albums and not so good albums, but they all, their whole thing is that they want to stay grimy and so they will often line up with some indie rappers and it's always fun when you see that happen, um, which I think opened me up to that later on. But first, before I could get into that indie stuff, uh, you know, last senior year in high school, the Dirty South hit and, and it, hit, it hit big time. It started with No Limit Records. I, I just felt like make him say oh was so good. I had to capture that over 
you know, <laughs> 30 albums or whatever I bought off that fucking imprint um, and inspired my own rapper persona back in the uh, late 90s called The Prez, which those tapes have been burned. You won't ever hear them, but I'm sure I was rapping about some pretty hard hitting issues at that time. And if, and if Eric says you'll never hear them, you know they were bad. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. I am a self-promoting horror. As long as it's like graded C minus and better, you're going to hear it. But that is- I wish I really do wish you would have held on to all those albums for the album cover artwork alone. I mean, oh, yeah. the I know we have the we have the internet to look at all. No, I'm talking about the no limit stuff. Oh yes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the album covers, the the, the pen and pixel. Oh god, so good. Diamonds just photoshopped all over everything. Oh, someday I I may uh, uh, do a do a B side, a no limit B side, just just to get it out of my system. Uh, but it, I can't I can't recommend it to anybody not enough to anybody at all it's it's not great but one thing i did like about the dirty south rap was they were using a lot of programming tips from electronic music from like miami and so the beats almost sounded like drum and bass when that stuff first came out um so i liked i liked no limit and i liked um you know the cash money millionaires uh you talked about the the what was the hot boys and lil wayne was a part of that and I actually listened to him when he was a teenager E40 from you know lovely West Coast. Um, some good stuff, some not so great stuff. And let's then, stop. let's let's. I know I keep jumping in here, but you're you're excited yeah. now. Yeah. Let's not leave E40 because E40 is not in season three, right? You haven't. No, we didn't pick no, E40. No E40. All right, just tell everybody why E40 is so great. Well, E40 is the is the is the Sultan of Slang, the politician. You know, he's uh, the ambassador of the Bay. Yeah, he rebrands himself every album as some kind of like all important, uh, great unifier of the West Coast, which I think is great. He creates his own slang, his own wine. Uh, We're back in business. We're back in business, boys. And he's just ridiculous uh, and, and, and awesome. And he's a really fast rapper. He's got a distinctive voice. And he just always, ever since he was like 22, he was just going to be the smart uncle. Like that was his, that was his mm -hmm. thing. He's that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally his, yeah, he's a, he's a smart uncle because he could probably like, I wouldn't pick a fight with him, but he never, I, I, I feel like he earns the respect he gets, but he's also self-aware. He's a funny dude. Uh, nobody like looks down over their glasses like he does yeah that's um, <laughs> that's the look like that's <laughs> yeah yeah that's that that yeah that's like okay you caught my attention long enough to look over these reading glasses yeah it's like i, I don't know, i don't i don't listen to e40 all the time i listen to him occasionally um usually i'll wait for you to point out hey he put something he puts out like four albums a year hey yeah. steve here's three good songs that came out okay i'll check them out yeah but i just like knowing that e40 is there yeah 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 he's great um so yeah, so there was, you know, amongst all that, that kind of late 90s, um, 
rap. There was some good stuff, some not so great stuff. But by the time we all met and we're working in the record store, I was holding on to the stuff I still thought was great, like your Wu-Tang's, um, some of that U40, and then, you know, and then finding out this independent stuff. I remember like some of the first indie rap was Raucous, which doesn't even seem like indie anymore, but it was like uh, Blackstar, Most Deaf and Talib Kweli. But back then it was, it was, you know, underground. They weren't the huge stars they are now. Um, and that album was amazing. Uh, Swollen Members, stuff like that. And then, yeah, Def Jux, actually, Steve, once Jason pointed out to you, pointed out to me, I was hooked. I mean, something about that, that like Blade Runner informed beats that LP does. Um, and then he just kind of like put that pastiche over his whole, his whole brand and the people that work with him. But he still made every album, even the ones he produced, individualized for the artist, but it still all had that just delicious sound to it. Um, yeah, anybody, uh, of, of course, Cannibal Ox's The Cold Vein is uh, an all-time masterpiece as far as production goes. And um, it has one of my favorite lines of all time in all music, which is, uh, you were a stillborn baby. Your mother didn't want you, but you were stillborn. Um, and recently there's an artist named Open Mike Eagle who has a podcast called What Happened Was. Is that the name of it right, Eric? what had happened was and uh, the first season was all prince paul right mm -hmm. who also put out a lot of good records of which uh, i'm familiar with some of them like handsome boy modeling school season two was all about lp and uh, they did about four episodes on def jux and and company flow i was i forgot to mention his he originally came to prominence in the underground group company flow in the late 90s and they were uh, one of a kind Anyways, that's a good podcast. And if anybody wants to learn more about LP or Def Jux, listen to it. Um, I, I actually noticed I wanted to mention that as far as podcasts go and music podcasts, of which uh, we're one of those, in case you guys didn't know that. <laughs> um, lately, like I go through these phases where I'm listening to types of podcasts more than, than others. I'll go through a movie podcast phase. I'll go through a comic podcast phase. I'll go through a sports podcast phase for whatever reason. Like I go through like besides my standard, like two or three, I might listen to weekly. There's a genre of a type of a topic that I will come back to a lot for a while. Lately, it's been music podcasts. I know we're the best one out there. I want to see what other people are doing. They're all not as good, but um, I've not. noticed, I've noticed interestingly enough, it seems there's way more uh, hip hop podcasts out there than there are any other kind of music podcast. And I don't know if it's because the art form is very uh, vocal based, like wordplay and storytelling is a big part of it. I'm not sure. But for some reason, I've noticed that it just seems that there are more quality hip hop podcasts out there than there are other genres of music. Small observation. Interesting. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, I mean, and yeah, it's it, and a lot of my depth of knowledge for hip hop does come from the late 90s through the mid to late aughts. That's when I was really digging in deep. I mean, I got really into like Stone's Throw and instrumental hip hop like Jay Dilla and Mad Lib and of course MF Doom, RIP. Um, but, you know, in the last the thing is, the SoundCloud rappers became a thing. And uh, and I'm not saying that disparagely because because uh, there's a lot of good people that come out of that scene. But before, you know, and we're all we're all just suckers for branding, but like a good label or a good producer, you know, you'd that's how you'd hear about it. That's how you'd follow artists. Now, the, you know, these guys are putting out 100 songs a month or something like that. And there's so many of them. 
um, I mean, it really is hard to stay as connected to it. I'm sure there's blogs out there that do the work for you. Um, but uh, it is an interesting, the scene has changed a little bit in that regards. Um, just that you have to dig a little bit more um, because I, more than any other genre, I think there, um, there's just, it's just an impacted genre, I think, as far as, you know, getting your free tunes. There are, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of new, a lot of new acts. Yeah. The quality control is difficult. And like you said, you make a great point about how the branding is not there, especially it's also probably a young man's game to keep up with all that stuff. And like, I'll learn of something and I'll hear a good song somehow. Like usually it's uh, somebody on Twitter retreats a video and I'm like, Oh, that song's great. And I'll just do it like three times. And I bet you they have like two other albums worth of good songs, but I never remember to go back to it. It's just, there's too much of it of the whole SoundCloud stuff. Right. Um, I haven't figured out how to how how to how to keep up with what I should keep up with. Right. So so yeah. So thank you for indulging us there. I just hip hop is an important genre to me, and I know um, you guys as well. And I just wanted to make sure we gave it you know some time this particular episode to kind of talk about our histories with it. Um, we have we what can, we have what, four other. We don't have to name them, but I think there will be at least four other times we get to go into them on yeah. season three. Yeah, at least yeah, yeah, hip hop music. So we definitely, definitely they they showed up on our lists. So that we we rolled yeah. we rolled the most unconventional hip hop out of our group for this one to kick it off. Very true, very true. So I kind of told you about why I paid attention to them in the first place, um, and me being a, a big fan of the the uh, concept record. Um, I, I was blown away initially. So we'll dig into the album. Let's talk about the Everybody want to kill a moment for the moment, but they cannot kill what cannot die. There wasn't ever really an opponent for what they figured was only three fifth human, and they thought they couldn't slay by disconnecting for the truth. But look, your brother George is back again and never did look fine. I said it's time to gather up another meeting of the Inus. Said they quit and could have kill him in America. Can either man been sleeping since 71? Ain't it time to feed him? Really sip a little sum. He up in a Cadillac with little Bobby Hutton. Ryan Shotty with the shotty swooping up the cousins. They still whooping for your buddy Bobby Steele is at the door, but they were whooping for the club and brother Elder just keeping souls on ice till the time was just right now. Suffices. Emery got the scene drawn up nice and a feeny here with pocket. Thug life. Kathleen black and beautiful as a model was out of up in the bloody is uh, started as two guys, uh, William Houston and Jonathan Snipes, uh, both electronic music producers uh, based out of L.A. Um, the only thing really uh, notable here is Jonathan Snipes was in a group called Captain Ahab, an electric music duo. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> they were a they were rave exploitation so like um uh i guess imagine lords of acid with uh less of a budget and um uh oh yeah that's called mindless self-indulgence i don't have to imagine it <laughs> yeah, there you go rave exploitation Captain Ahab, their biggest, their, their biggest notoriety was they apparently wrote a song called and made a video. Of, and if you haven't YouTube this, I implore you to have a good gut laugh. The song is called Snakes on the Brain and they won a contest. So it would be featured on the enhanced CD-ROM of the Snakes on a Plane soundtrack. 
and uh, that was the that was their biggest uh, biggest thing. And I I, I gotta say it, it it has a sense of humor. I mean, they're not they're not they're they're definitely being silly. And it there's a there's a part where somebody does a like a a little kazoo solo that's really working for me in that song. So Captain Ahab, check it out. That video is. But Jonathan Snipes and William Houston have been involved in producing in um, kind of the electronic music world. Um, and they kind of started, got their start by making these like um, low key mixtapes where they would take popular rap songs, take the acapella versions, and then just do like noise and industrial below it and make these remixes. And it got them a little bit of traction. Um, but then they wanted to bring in their own lyricist. And that's where this triangle comes together. So uh, William Houston and David Diggs uh, met in grade school. And David, uh, or sorry, and, and William Houston and Jonathan Snipes were college roommates. So um, uh, they, uh, the roommates got back together and they needed a lyricist. They pulled in an old friend. And they're all from um, the Oakland area. Um, so, uh, you know, Bay Area and David Diggs. Now, this guy might might be one of the most, uh, you know, just pro prolific entertainers we've talked about. And I didn't even realize that as I was listening to their music until I started studying for the for this. I mean, we know who this guy is. He's um, I mean, more recently, he was in that Snowpiercer show. He's the lead character in it. Um, but uh, he also uh, came to, he won a Tony for his performance in Hamilton and he was an original cast member and um, as uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson. Now listen, we've made jokes about Hamilton, you know, rap the musical. I'm rap the musical contains no rap music. Oh, going on a drive by, just me, Posse and me. I'm a gangster of the old school, you can call me OG. Rap the Musical is a celebration for the entire family. And I think it's it's, it's fair for the most part, because, I mean, uh, what you'll have to do to hip-hop as a genre to make it palatable for uh, so <laughs> soccer moms and, and uh, you know, uh, all that, I'm sure. Careful, I get it. careful, careful, Eric. Careful. You're going <laughs> to... You're gonna lose half the listener base. People love that goddamn thing. What I mean is, oh, we've we've already made the joke, Steve, and I'm I'm not the only one guilty of that. Well, I'm not um, saying I'm not guilty of it either. It's you know, I'm 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 a I'm an old gold tooth, and I'm here to tell you the the truth. I live in the mouth of my homie. Is yeah, that how it goes? Yeah, yeah. I get but, it. But I uh, I do appreciate what Hamilton was about in the fact that it was like retelling American history, but using people of color and kind of really playing up the fact that we're all, we're all immigrants. And that I, I, I think it's effective in that. Um, and I did watch it on Disney plus the other night, or I watched most of it. I it, Broadway musicals um, while I respect it as a art form, you know, it, I, I watched most of it. I'll just say that. But David Diggs as Thomas Jefferson, he shows up, he is flamboyant. He's very Prince-like. Um, playing up the fact that like he was the ambassador to France, Thomas Jefferson, and and he definitely steals the show, and does the, he's a very uh, charismatic rapper, um, and I don't know, Mark, have you watched Hamilton? I feel like you're the most uh, you dip your toes most in 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 popular culture out of all of us. 
haven't. Um, I I do have some work friends that are very into musical theater, if you can believe it. And um, good guy. I would consider him like my work best friend. And he raves about Hamilton. He's seen it live in San Francisco. And um, my mother is also. But for me, uh, that seems like slam poetry and uh, wigs. So... And I'm powdered wigs. So yeah, that's not quite my my thing. Well, say what you will about Hamilton. It's no doubt huge. And David Diggs won a Tony for his performance as Thomas Jefferson. And he did steal a show as far as I could tell. Um, and so the guy knows his way around uh, a performance. And he brings it to this little project clipping, which, you know, the fact that this, this kind of huge entertainer was a part of this, you know, mostly unknown um, kind of noise rap group was very interesting. But anyways, they got together and they wanted to bring in their own uh, vocalists and they had some simple rules. And it was basically like no traditional beats, the kind of music needs to come, no melody, then music needs to come out of um, kind of found sounds. And then um, the lyricist, the rapper, or David Diggs does the does the melody with his with his rapping, and they stick to that here and there, and they and they definitely fold in some more traditional um, songwriting and more like modern hip hop as they go on. But that was their that was their their uh, modus operandi when they first started with their album Mid City, which is actually a mixtape, and in the rap world. Mixtapes are how you kind of blow up. They are free for the most part. Um, they're not traditional albums in the sense that like, it's usually hodgepodge, like this beat from this or this beat I didn't use. And like, okay, then I'm going to wrap over it. Sometimes it's a freestyle. Sometimes it's, it's written. You don't know what you're going to get with mixtapes, which makes them kind of fun and a really important part of the genre. And when up and coming lyricists really get to stretch their stretch their chops, but don't hurt no more. But the problem is too vertical. Let it penetrate a little bit of pain. Never hurt nobody. Better work your body better than the last motherfucker. Wasn't nobody, but he left a lot of fluid on the floor. No, sorry, don't move. Get slapped. Can't run. Bring it back. Tighten up. Stay strapped. Make it red. Make it clap. Clap. Pamp that mouth shut. Bounce for your boy. Rip for your girl. Scream for your life. Beg for a minute. Live it like a man. I get another one. The loving in your body. Only the beginning of it. Let him know that you can show off. 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 Over the next few years, they would they would get signed to Sub Pop Records. This being our second installment in Sub Pop, and they released clipping their self-titled in 2014. And that album's great. That has some really cool songs in it. Um, and you, you you hear their sound, and the sound will carry on more, where it starts with background ambience, noise, some industrial blips and bloops. and But the rhythm and the melody is truly established in David's lyrics and his flow. And if you're lucky, at some point, the background music will catch up, click in, and you'll get an epic moment. But it doesn't happen all the time. They're, they're a challenging listen, and, and David's doing a lot of the heavy lifting as far as, um, you know, giving you something to hook onto. Um, but they would follow it up with an EP called uh, Riggle, um, then this album, and then uh, later uh, they would put out um, 
two kind of albums that complement each other. There existed an addiction to blood and um, more recently was uh, Visions of Bodies Being Burned. Um, I'm sorry, flip those. Visions of Bodies being, being Burned was first. Um, and then, yeah, they've remixed some people. Like we talked about the Youth Code remixes. They both remixed each other. And uh, more, most recently, they put out a, just a song called Chapter 319, which is a response to the George, George Floyd murder. And um, that's quite the song, by the way. I was very impressed with that track. Left, right, left. How long can we holler when it ain't no breath? You keep killing fathers without no regrets. Then keep on counting dollars till it ain't none left. So the streets gonna keep on marching like left, right, left. Fuck your empty promises, these ain't no threats. Streets is taking all of it, you made your bed. Yeah, that's that that song is just like a boots on the ground, fist in the air protest song. It's 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 quite good, you know. <laughs> uh, I was listening to a full blast driving through the streets of Auburn, so you can yeah. imagine how that went. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That we, like with lines like. Uh, the fact that America's racist. Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Full stop. If you vote for him again, you're a white supremacist. Full stop. Like I just want, <laughs> I had family members I wanted to send that song to. Good stuff. And we will, you listen through the discography and you'll see David Diggs is a, he's charismatic. He can put on, he can play a character in his raps. He can carry the rhythm of a song in his flow and, and the melody at the same time. It's pretty impressive. It's almost like uh, he's got these amazing acapella rap, uh, rapping chaps, uh, chops. And then uh, his beatmaker friends are doing something in the background. Um, and then every now and then they click and uh, they're very interesting. They are, yeah, they are aligned with the kind of LA industrial scene and uh, mostly for the background music. Um, but uh, they just, just impresses me. You know, David Diggs is, uh, you know, he had a, he wrote a couple songs for Zootopia, played a character in a few cartoons and, and was involved with Disney and, and uh, just kind of a, massive entertainer that um likes to make some crazy noise hip-hop in the background so what they, what inspired them initially was this this is the genre of horror core <laughs> and here, here, we, here comes the icp steve so you know don't don't get too far away from your mic um horror core is a pocket of rap music that uh, etch, uh, tiptoes on the cheesy no doubt about it but when it first started you'd have like uh iced tea body count or you'd have um brother lynchung from sacramento here uh rapping about cannibalism and basically taking your street uh, kind of gangster stories, but adding a horror element to it. Kind of creative when it came out, um, but easily manipulated and easily exploited. <laughs> uh, and when you talk about horrorcore rap, there is a 50-50 shot you're talking about somebody on Psychopathic Records. <laughs> that's a fair, that's a, that's a, that's a fair uh, probability. <laughs> uh, but, you know, creative nonetheless. Um, but they uh i think uh, with, they sidestep a lot of it with um you know generally uh actually 
decent lyrics and uh, pretty impressive uh, display of, of skills on, on these songs. Um, well, okay. Did you listen to anything that, that stood out I, to you? I did. I'll, uh, I'll go and then uh, leave old Mark a shot there. Um, I, I didn't listen to that whole set list or I'm sorry, uh, playlist you sent. Um, it's been a busy last two weeks and just trying to make sure I knew what I was talking about for the proper album was a, a struggle, but I got there. Um, but as far as that, when I, I went through it once, I went through it a second time and I noted some songs I really liked. Um, and what, speaking of the whole, so we talked about the chapter 319 song, which was, and all these songs are more conventional, I think, than what you really hear on uh, Splendor and Misery. Would you yeah, agree? That's Yeah, that's why I wanted to send you. There's something absolutely discussable about this album, but it's not their most con- conventional song work. And I, that's why I sent you guys in a, a spattering of other things they've done. Yeah, I, I feel that uh, we're, we're probably starting off tonight. Splendor and Misery is advanced studies. Um, these other songs are, are more conventional, but definitely the same group. And some of them do go off and are weird as hell. Uh, that chapter 319 song, awesome. Good good reaction song to current events. Um, it's not the first time I'm going to bring that up tonight because of an artist this album reminded me of, specifically in another song, who also released a George Floyd response, a whole record. It's uh, sad that I'm sure there's a lot of those out there. I mean, of course there is. Um, a Body and Blood. That's, is that, that's one of those more like horrorcore type songs, right? Yeah, that would be uh, that would be an example of, of that. I really like Body and Blood. Very sinister song with a great uh, a great loop of someone like a, a sample of someone just saying, like, the room is very dark right now. I can't remember what it was. It was like some Vincent Price shit. It was great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love it. Good, good horror, horror sample in a song is, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the song Nothing Safe is pretty good. Um, the production is very like deep space very good use of like spatial sounds, but it also does something this album does a lot where it, it buries a lot of the, the, like it's really good production, but it's buried in like syrupy drips. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, maybe it's the, the vibe they're going for, uh, but uh, sometimes it takes me out of the song. And uh, two other songs that I really liked were the deep, which also had about two minutes of blurping underground stuff to open it. <laughs> but then it kicks into like a hyper upbeat Mario music. Um, really liked yeah, it. Yeah. And so, uh, Hey, the, can I really quick? The deep. Yeah. The deep was an EP. They did one song. They actually was, they made it for an episode of this American life. And it tells the story about like uh, some slaves on a slave ship that fell off into the water and were able to, evolve and exist underwater and create their own society under like an Atlantis. And uh, it inspired a series of, <laughs> of sci-fi novels. So it, there's a, there's a series of books about that song. That's a crazy song. Yeah. In, a good song. Interesting. That subject matters tied to what we listen to on this album. Um, the show, another good track. Uh, it's another one that takes about two minutes to really get going. And then when it does get going, it's got some great, uh, like evil Atari sequencing and uh, the two songs they did with, uh, or remixes, they traded remix with youth code. Um, we're all right. Um, I like the, 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 the face remix that the, the youth code did, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. They, that, that was them remixing this band. 
they chop, sounds, they chop up his vocals. In they a do. Cool they way. do. They do a very skinny puppy, like trash can drum beats and late eighties, choppy vocals. Uh, pretty good. Anyhow, that's my little overview of the song they liked off the, the, the list. Uh, Mark, did you listen to any of the, the stuff that Eric sent? I give it the once through. I, uh, what I liked, uh, what I listened to on that playlist that you created, Eric, was uh, rather interesting. Uh, I think the one that did stick out to me was the the um, song that you had referenced earlier about George Floyd. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one was uh, definitely got my interest. It made my ears perk up. Well, thanks for listening to it, Mark. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, that was just yeah. They, so the, what you're going to get with them and for the most part is um, you're going to get something uh, noisy aligned with maybe industrial music, but also with political rap. And um, there's going to be a few bangers on every album and there's going to be some weird shit. Well, hey, thanks a lot for listening uh, to this first half of the clipping episode. Uh, if you've noticed, we've now been splitting up our episodes into two smaller fun-sized chunks. Um, that way you get you know less time in between episodes and the episodes, you know, don't take three and a half hours to, to get through. Let us know if you like this new format, format if you or if you prefer the more masochistic, long-form episode. Um, a big thanks to my co-hosts, uh, Mark and Steve, for trying out this uh, very strange album. And we can't wait to show you our next episode where we talk about it track by track. If you haven't listened to uh, The Misery and Splendor by The Clipping, I would recommend it. It's got a great story to it. And you're going to want to be up on that plot before we talk about it next episode. So thank you so much. And uh, hey, why don't you check out our patreon.com slash pod like a hole. Yeah.